Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to another week of the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. This week, there was absolutely nothing that happened in wrestling. Thank you. Have a good day. No, uh, it was a pretty slow week in in wrestling. Uh, Wednesday night, I think we've got one of the greatest lines to have ever come out of professional wrestling out of Tony Storm. Yeah. Uh, Chit so, up, tits out, and watch out for the shoe. Yep. There you go. Great life advice. Uh, but, yeah, not a whole lot going on in wrestling this week. We're going to kind of cut back to an old format and talk about the shows. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, we are drinking whiskey this week, and this is one that we've had on the show before, and it's not a bad one. There's nothing super special about this. This is the uh, McClellan's Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, let me see, 40% alcohol by volume, so 80 proof. Yeah. So, yeah. it's Like I said, it's nothing special about it. It's a it's, scotch. It's, it's a nice like a scotch. scotch. And, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Tastes like a scotch. Tastes like a scotch. It goes down smooth. You know, compared to some of the stuff that we've been drinking lately, the hundred, the hundred and twenty-four yeah. proofs. It's getting like drinking water. It is pretty. Uh, <laughs> getting back under hundred is pretty nice. Yeah, it is. It's definitely really smooth. It's got decent flavor. There's nothing that's going to stand out about it. But if you're just looking for a nice, decently cheap scotch, it's a scotch. You can't go wrong. Yep. So, um. Jumping into Monday Night Raw. So, Monday Night Raw, we have uh, Jay Uso opening the show with a promo. Um, yeah, I was about to say, this is Fallout from Payback, right? Yeah, this is Fallout from Payback, where uh, Jay opened the show, had the promo. Uh, he was interrupted by Sami Zayn. Of course, I you know, like, there's the history I, I there. I did like this. So, <clears throat> Sami tells him, you know, welcomes him to Raw. Uh says, look, we don't have to be friends. I just wanted to tell you I'm here if you need me. Yep. And, and holds out his hand. Yeah, Zane offered a handshake saying he was proud of the Uso's actions and leaving. Uh, Uso didn't accept it before, before re- revealing. He was just joking before the two shared a hug. Yeah, he he uh, he doesn't shake Sammy's hand, and Sammy just goes, well, okay, welcome yeah. to Raw, and goes to get out of the ring. And as he's getting out, Jay, Jay goes, hey, Sammy. Man, that wasn't very oozy of me, was it? <laughs> and Sammy gets back in the ring and they hug. Hooray. Uh, we do see Adam Pierce talking to Oos later on in the show, saying that he might have some issues in the Raw locker room because there will be a trade, and depending yep. on who that is, it Cody. could cause trouble. It's going to be Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they haven't you know. announced it. They don't even. They don't announce it on SmackDown even, yeah. I don't think. No, they don't. Um well, it's going to be Cody. We know this is going to be Cody. has to be Cody to set up for Cody Roman 2. And I imagine we find this out sometime after, probably after Survivor Series would be, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll keep this little thread pulling of, you know, the people at SmackDown are, are you know, hard at work analyzing who they want from Raw, you know, yeah. who, would be a, who would be an appropriate trade for, you know, main event Jey Uso course you you remember a couple years ago when they redid the 
the the draft and they had the network executives yeah. sitting in rooms talking back right. like come on uh, we get Seth Rollins has a segment where he uh, arrives and is confronted by Adam Pierce, who said uh, medical told Rollins not to be at the show after his injuries. Yep. We get the Viking Raiders defeating Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle via pinfall. Matt Riddle actually sent a tweet out this week. We'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. That was or tweet or post or something. Mm-hmm. Whatever. What, what are we calling these now? Are I think they they're, I think they call them posts. Is what? Okay. The you know you know let's take a. A branded thing that has become a verb, tweeting. You know, like band-aids refer to medical plasters, and jello is a gelatin dessert. Kleenex, Kleenex is a is tissue a for tissue. your nose. <laughs> you know, let's take something that has become synonymous with a social media platform, and we're going to just change it to the generic post. Yeah. Now that I've had my little rant there, let's move on. <laughs> we don't want to get too political here on Whiskey and <laughs> Wrestling this week. Um, we have Ricochet defeating Shinsuke Nakamura via disqualification after Nakamura uh, struck several times with a steel chair. Yeah. So Nakamura's gone full heel. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I mean, he came out on payback with an anime villain anime arc. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, kind of have to. Got to get your money's worth out of it. Yeah. We have uh, Shayna Baszler defeating Zoe Stark via submission. We have Raquel Rodriguez defeating Chelsea Green via pinfall. The Miz hosted John Cena on Miz TV because Cena's looking for money while the uh, actor strike is ongoing. Uh, Cena was invisible. A play on his you-can't-see-me catchphrase. All of this led to Miz challenging LA Knight to a one-on-one rematch after Knight won their match at Payback with Cena's special guest referee. You, so, you missed some of the good parts in here, man. Like, the Miz is having a conversation with Cena and is responding to, you know, what ostensibly Cena would be saying. Miz takes his jacket off and throws it down, and he Irish whips Cena into the ropes and catches him and hits a skull-crushing finale. Um, And the best of all of this is... Twitter, because I refuse to call it X, explodes with people saying that was a vicious skull-crushing finale. I hope Cena's okay. There's no way he wasn't concussed from that. (laughs) Just buying full in on it. Uh, I I appreciated the segment. Yeah. (laughs) We have J.D. McDonough defeating Sami Zayn via pinfall. Um, I'm going to, yep. A lot of, uh, a lot of interference interference from judgment day and all of that. And then we have your intercontinental champion, Gunther securing his record for the longest reigning intercontinental champion as he defeats Chad Gable. Yep. So Gunter, now the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion, and he can finally drop the belt to somebody and move into a main event picture. Well, he's he's the longest reigning consecutive right now. He's like 100 days, I think. It's like 100, 150 days, something like that, behind Pedro Morales. Okay. For total amount of days with the IC title, um, which would give him that record. I, I, that's five more months. It's September, so we're talking February. 
So he could lose it. He carries it to Mania and drops I it at Mania. I could see him carrying it to Mania and dropping it there. I could also see them being like, yeah, that's a little too long for him to continue holding, especially since Roman has only defended the belt like twice this year, something like that. Hmm. So that's one title. That's a title that's fully wrapped up. Do we really want another title that's wrapped up that long? Yeah. Uh, so I could see them pulling the trigger now that he's beaten Honky Tonk Man. Good. Uh, the only, my only gripe with this is Honky Tonk Man wasn't at ringside for Gunther to chop uh, into dust. Um, Have him explode into... Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Well, that there is Monday Night Raw. Do you want to talk about AEW? Because I think... We've yeah. got a pay-per-view if we thought about it. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, let's catch that at the end, though, because I don't okay. have it pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> see, well, that's how memorable that pay-per-view was. We well, forgot all about let it. Let me see. I can pull it up real quick, I guess. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say that it wasn't memorable. No, it was from all reports and from everything that I've read and seen. It was a pretty good pay-per-view. What I'm going to say is... I think, and I think we touched on it already last week. All in, all out was last Sunday. All in was the Sunday before. They were both $50 full cost pay per views mm-hmm. that I just didn't see the point in spending extra money or spending $100 across one week, basically. Yeah. On pay per views. Uh, yeah. Especially since All Out, there were only a couple of matches that were really built um, before All In. Now, the dynamite between the two did a lot of work in setting up some more matches, but at the end of the day, I just... It's still another 50 bucks, or, you know, even if we all got together like we did for All In, where right. it's cost us 10 bucks or 20 bucks per person or whatever it might be, it's still a lot of money. For professional wrestling two weeks in a row. Yeah. So so all out the zero hour, you know, their pre-show kicked off with the over-budget battle royal, is what they called it. Um, The winner gets to choose a charity to donate $50,000 to. And this was just a way to get a lot of people that aren't on the card in it. Hangman wins this, uh, which I thought was really cool. Um, You know, let's get him back. You know, early AEW, I mean, let's not forget, he fought Jericho for the first ever AEW title. Hangman has been a world champion, even though they really screwed up with it, I think. This is a guy that the company can hang their hat on, pun intended, with, you know, cowboy, ha, ha, ha. Um, But they got to do something with him. Yeah. Uh, After that, we had Sheeta, Sky Blue, and Willow Nightingale versus Mercedes Martinez, Diamante, and Athena. Uh, Sheeta, Blue, and Nightingale won. And then we had the Acclaimed with Daddy Ass versus Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Satnam Singh. The Acclaimed and Daddy Ass won. And that was the end of the pre-show. We move on to the the show proper, right? And it kicked off again because, you know, All In kicked off with MJF and Adam Cole versus Aussie Open for the ROH titles. All Out kicks off with the two of them. Versus John Silver and Alan uh, Alex Reynolds, Dark Order for the ROH titles. They won a tag team battle royal on 
Rampage, I think. It was either Rampage or Dynamite. Or I think it was Collision Rampage. It was Rampage because they announced it on Dynamite. They announced it on Dynamite. And then had the match on Rampage. So they won that to get this title shot. Uh, MJF and Cole win. Samoa, and this is, this built a little bit here, right? Because MJF is, and Cole had already left. MJF is, or no, Cole and MJF are leaving. Cole was a little ahead of MJF walking up the ramp. The next match was Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor for the ROH title. Coming down, Joe shoves MJF, like, hard. Um, Cole gets between them, you know, stops from, from you know, altercation. But it's that callback to... Uh, well, MJF got in the ring and attacked Joe. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, MJF yeah. Got, in, got in the ring and attacked Joe, and that led to some stuff That's on right. Dynamite, which we'll talk about in a minute. But um, It just goes back to their very first meeting when MJF was a security guard in, at Raw. Yeah, Raw or, or NXT, NXT one, of, one of the two. Uh, with Joe. Uh, Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen for the TNT title. Luchasaurus wins. I know I said it was Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen for the title, and we all know Christian's actually the champion, but you know. Um, we had Miro versus Hobbs, where Miro wins, but during this match, CJ Perry makes her debut. So Lana, right? She comes out uh, with a chair, <laughs> right? So. Miro wins, but Miro looks at her, uh, yells that I'd forsaken you, and gets out of the ring. Leaves her standing there. So, <clears throat> you know, because back in the day, he 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 forsake his god and his mm-hmm. smoking hot wife. Yep. Uh, and his because of his neck of sand. You know, <laughs> if we remember the callback to uh, the Redeemer part stuff. The last time that he was enjoyable? Yeah, and the last time we saw him on TV because he's been gone for like six months. Yeah. Uh, we had Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho for the TBS title. Statlander wins. Um, let's see, is this one? I do believe that, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Tony Storm gets involved here, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, Tony rolls out from under the ring and uh, kind of messes with Ruby Soho, which lets Statlander hit Big Bang Catastrophe and win. Uh, or Saturday Night Special or whatever she's calling it, her finisher now. Whatever it is. Um, I miss the alien Chris Statlander. I do too. Um, good match, and it, it sets up a little, it sets up a segment on Dynamite as well with uh, where we... we Took our best quote in wrestling from at the top <laughs> of the show. We had Brian Danielson versus Ricky Starks. This is what was signed as the match for, uh, you know, what was supposed to be CM Punk versus Starks that became Steamboat versus Starks, and now it became Danielson versus Starks. Mm-hmm. Um, Danielson wins because it's Brian Danielson. Of course he's going to win, but I will say Ricky looked like a million bucks from everything I've seen about this match, the clips and the readings. Um, Danielson said that he was wrestling. He never used his broken arm because he said he, the doctor says it's good, but he's not 100% sure. Yeah. <laughs> so he didn't want to really screw it up too bad. 
And, uh, you know, he gave props to Ricky Stark for carrying that match. Yeah. Like, this was not a kayfabe interview. This was a, no, this was, hey, yeah. you know, you I didn't, nobody match. noticed, but I didn't use this arm the entire time. And yeah. Ricky carried the match and hid that, too. Yeah. So, you know, that's Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson endorsing Ricky Starks. Exactly. We then had Eddie Kingston and Shibata versus uh, Castagnoli and Yuta. Uh, Castagnoli and Yuta win. Then the main event, I do believe, Kenny Omega versus Takeshita, where Takeshita wins. So he has now beat Kenny like three times. Twice. He's pinned him twice. Is it? Yeah. Well, he pinned him in the... the he He's beaten him once, hasn't he? I don't think so. I could yeah, be wrong. wrong. I, I just know they've been, they were talking, you know, he's pinned him twice. twice. Cause I know he pinned him at, uh, was it all out or all in on the, the six man. Yeah. Cause Kenny took the pin there, uh, from Takeshita. So, uh, but I lied. That wasn't the main event. No. Yeah. I, I'm still rolling through it here. Cause like I said, remember we didn't, we didn't watch all out. No, we didn't. We, that seems like it should be your main event though. Right. Yeah. Uh, we had bullet club gold versus the young bucks and FTR. Hmm. So, course bullet club gold being jay white juice robinson and the ass boys versus ftr and the young bucks uh bullet club gold wins here so there you go big win for them this was the main event i completely forgot it's orange cassidy versus moxley for the international title yeah moxley wins Moxley becomes the new international champion. Uh, Which I'm fine with. I'm okay with that. I saw uh, Cassidy had the belt for like almost, like I think it was 200, right at 200 days. Um, look, maybe a little over. Uh, 32 title defenses, I think is what they said, in the period that he had it. Um, they've been telling the story of Cassidy just getting more and more beat up as yeah. he went. There were a couple of really cool spots in this match. The the ending where Cassidy kicks out of a Death Rider was mm-hmm. one of them and then gets hit by another one to, for the pin. Um, he goes to do the, the hands-in-pocket spot. He lifts his hands up, and then as he's going down to put them in his pockets, he just turns them around and flips off Moxley. Hmm. There's a spot where Moxley's kind of kneeling on the mat, you know, exhausted, and Cassidy goes to start doing the, the sloth kicks. You know, so he starts off and he's like, eh, eh, the little slow kick things. Yeah. And then after a couple of them, he starts kicking harder and then harder to the point where he is just kicking the shit out of John Moxley. Um, so there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of growth in Cassidy in this match, mm-hmm. right? Like he had to step up because this is John freaking Moxley, right? Yeah. So from the the little previews here and there that I've seen of this match, the segments like that, uh, phenomenal match is what it sounds like. Yeah, definitely one you should check out. Yeah, but that we went over that real quick just because it does set up on Dynamite again. Mm-hmm. Dynamite was the fallout show. Uh, Cassidy kicks off. He walks down to the ring, says, medical told him he shouldn't be here, but nah, I'm here anyway because, you know, I'm Orange Cassidy. I'm Orange Cassidy. And I don't have a catchphrase. Catch uh, as he's getting out of the ring and going up the ramp, they're starting off with the first match, which is AR Fox versus Moxley for the international title. 
at the top, Orange Cassidy and Darby kind of have a, a little bit of a talk. You know, they're not they're not against each other, right? But they've got history. Yeah. Cassidy goes on in the back. AR Fox loses. Uh Swerve cuts a tiny bit of a promo promo here. Um No, wait, that's later on. Yeah, that's later on. Yeah, Never mind. Yeah, that's late. Because Swerve, Swerve, they've moved on Swerve AR yeah. Fox. Um, we had a TBS championship match. Chris Statlander versus Emmy Sakura. Statlander wins. Of course she does. She just got the belt. She's not losing it anytime soon. Yeah. Um, just as a kind of a side here with Emmy Sakura, uh, I kind of hate what they're doing with her right now. The... Uh, on a personal level, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, she, this is something that got pointed out. And at first, I didn't notice it. But the more I got to thinking about it, the more I'm like, damn, that sucks. Right? Because she's had the, the Freddie Mercury gimmick for so so long. Mm-hmm. Then Soraya comes out to Queen at Wembley. And then, like, there is, like, posts around of Soraya saying, you know, you'll never come out at, you know, to, you'll never come out to Queen, that's my song. You'll never come out at Wembley like I did. You'll never be a champion. And there's a picture of her flipping off Emmy Sakura in the back, which I know it's a work, right? But it just has a very bad look to me. Yeah. I don't like it. Um, Well, and uh, let's face it. Emmy Sakura is not at the same level of a page no. or a Soraya, whatever you want to call her. No. So there's never going to be any payoff wise, for this. Talent wise, yes, but popularity wise, popularity wise, no. personality, she's just not. She's not. And, and so there that's won't be a not payoff. a not. I'm not trying to knock Emmy Sakura. What I'm saying is there's never going to be a payoff for this because right. if this was built correctly and they it were going to really build Emmy cool. Sakura up, and they're not yeah. going to, but they're if they were going to. Then you have this whole, I took your gimmick from you. Right. And exactly. Now here she is to reclaim it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Emmy's been wrestling for as long as Paige has been alive, I think. You know, yeah. Just about. It's one of those type of situations, right? But it just doesn't, I don't see the point because, like you said, there's going to be no payoff here. Yeah. If they have a match, Paige is going to win handily. And then what was the point? There it is. Um, and and soccer is a heel. Paige is a heel. Yeah, they're both heels. It's so, not. There's just nothing there. Yeah, we had Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, the Sex Gods versus Aussie Open. Aussie Open wins, and we see no the Sex, no, Sex Gods won. That's right. Um, but we see basically the fall apart of the mm-hmm. Sex Gods. Um. Sammy had said multiple times, you know, he always says Chris is back no matter what. But it looks like Sammy's walked out on him now because Jericho's Jericho's current character is the um, am I still good enough crisis character, I think, is, is kind of what he's going for. You know, in that it can't be that I'm getting older and losing a step. It's got to be everybody around me that's the yeah. problem. And... If they tell this the right way, that could be a really interesting story. The problem is I don't have faith in them to be able to tell this the right way. Uh, yeah. And it's just going to end up being garbage. MJF cuts a promo. So he comes down. 
does his his current you know MJF face shtick. I'm still a heel, but I'm your heel. You know that kind of stuff. I'm a scumbag. Yeah, I'm your scumbag, and and it calls out Joe to the ring. They do a little like promo off against each other, where Joe gets the upper hand technically because MJF goes for a lot of low hanging fruit, goes for a mm-hmm. lot of like fat jokes, things like that. Joe had a really good line here that said, uh, "You know, while I've been a, while you've been doing this, uh, I've been over on the other company's network becoming a star." The big being the biggest, biggest star, star on the, on the other, other company's, company's network. network. Uh, talking about being Sweet Tooth in uh, the Twisted Metal show, which if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's worth I heard watching. It's really good. So, so you have that going on. MJF continues to cut like fat joke style jokes at Joe, and Joe's just like, "Ooh, <laughs> I don't care." Yeah. Joe finally. I forget what he said, but he finally gets under MJF's skin. MJF kind of gets up in his face and starts, you know what, I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. You know, he loses his cool, basically. Um, they brawl. Joe definitely gets the upper hand, goes to hit a muscle buster when Cole comes running out and makes a save. Joe backs off, and it, you, you, we kind of cut away from it with Cole checking on MJF to see if he's okay. Um. Oh, I remember what it was that got uh, got under MJF's skin. Joe kept calling him kid. Yeah, he kept calling him kid the whole time. He, he what do you want, kid. kid? Yeah, and then finally MJF got in his face and said, "If you call me kid one more time, you know I'm gonna kill you." You know that kind of thing. Um. So yeah, that's that's where that part ended. Then Roderick Strong and the Kingdom comes down. They have a thing with Cole. Yeah. Where Roderick tells Cole that he's going to win the tournament and then he's going to be the one that beats uh, MJF and takes the title, uh, you know, and do something that he never could do and never will do, blah, 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 that kind of thing. Yeah, they all dress down Cole because they've all been friends with Cole for years. And you abandoned us. You abandoned us, et cetera. Uh, That led to Roderick Strong was coming down because the next match is him versus Trent Beretta. In the world title elimination tournament, mm-hmm. uh, Strong beats Beretta. Uh, Hashtag best friends deserve better. Yeah. So then we have Swerve comes out. Uh, he cuts a promo on Hangman. And the promo is basically look, Hangman, you had the world given to you here. And he mentions, you wrestled for the first AEW title. You've been a champion. What have you done since? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to waste your spot, get out of the way and let me have it. Because if I was in your place, I would have been the first ever black AEW champion. You know, and he he really, like, lays into Hangman here, which which is setting up a their feud that's going to go on. Yeah. Uh, He has, um, what's his face? Attack Hangman yeah, from behind. Cage. Yeah, Brian Cause, Cage. Because Hangman was going to walk away. He was like, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Say what you want. It doesn't matter. I, I know where I'm at on the card, right? And he finally swerves says something about his wife and kids. And Hangman 
gets back in the ring to attack him, and Cage just, like, materializes out of nowhere and hits him with the drill claw. Yeah. And they beat him up a little bit, and then they leave. Uh, then we had Darby Allen versus Nick Wayne for the title tournament. I liked this match, you know, because here you've got mentor versus student. There are several spots in this match where both Nick Wayne and Darby don't do what they should because they don't want to hurt the other person. Um, well, the biggest spot in the match is where Darby does a suicide dive. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're talking yeah, AEW. Tope Suicida. Tope Suicida. And Nick uh, Wayne, like, Nick does Wayne the Samoa Joe counter. moves out of the way. And you can see on the replay, yeah. you can really tell that, you know, he's okay. Yeah. Darby, but Darby sold shit. it. Yeah, he rolls on his, what he ends up doing is you see him roll yeah, like on his shoulder, shoulder. Into the barricade. Into the barricade. But it's so quick that it looks like he just face plants onto the ground and slides into the barricade. Yeah, it looks bad. But uh, but really you cool can, spot there. Yeah. There's also a spot where they're trading punches in the ring. Darby goes and grabs a microphone and yells at Nick Wayne to hit him like he means it. And Nick Wayne hits him again, and Darby goes, you can do better than that, and he hits him again, you know. Goes on for a couple seconds like that, and then Nick Wayne finally rears back to hit him and super kicks him. <laughs> uh, and then the end sees Darby going up for the coffin drop, but he can't do it, so he climbs down. And instead, which... Maybe I'm in the wrong here. But he he sells not being able to do the coffin drop because of the devastation that it would do to Nick Wayne. So instead, he puts him in this weird submission that I've never seen before but looks really cool. Nick Wayne is on his knees. Darby, like, teabags the back of his neck, grabs his arms, pulls them back, back up over his head and is like squishing them together while kicking the dude in the back of the head. But Wayne the coffin, passed out. But the coffin drop was yeah. entirely too... Uh, no, like this This is brutal. This this was brutal looking. I know my arms don't bend like that. Yeah. Um, and like, of course, I'm nowhere near the shape of a, a Nick Wayne, a Darby Allen, that kind of stuff. But like that would separate my shoulders, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like you're... You're 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 not doing the coffin drop because it's such a devastating move and it you know all this kind of stuff. So instead, you, you kick the dude in the back of the head while breaking his arms out of joint, <laughs> and you know the the ref calls it. Yeah, he calls the so, match. Darby wins. So I have a feeling I didn't I didn't see the title bracket, but I don't know if it's going to be Darby versus Strong now, or if they're on opposite sides. But I, I have a feeling that Strong is not going to go much further than where he is. <laughs> I just don't see it. Yeah. His character right now is just not connecting. It's not. I, I like it, but at the same time, I don't. It's right? only good, and and I hate to say this because I like Roderick Strong as a, as a performer, as a wrestler. It was only good in support of Adam Cole. Yes. Yes. This character has no legs outside of yeah. his... Uh, jilted lover <laughs> with with Adam Cole. Yeah. Uh, moving on to SmackDown so we can get through all this and we can talk about some stuff. Yeah. Uh, we have um, Shotzi and Charlotte Flair defeating Damage Control. L.A. Knight defeats Austin Theory. Um, 
And we have Judgment Day of Finn Balor, Damian Priest defeating the Brawling Brutes. Excuse me, via pinfall. Uh, also in the night, we had Styles, AJ Styles versus Jimmy Uso, uh, with AJ Styles getting the win. There was a lot of backstage, a lot of commentary, a lot of just kind of setting stuff up. Yeah, because Styles gets jumped. Yeah, at some point early in the night, um, you have Jimmy who's saying, you know, he goes up to Heyman. It's like, hey man, I'm back in the, I'm, I'm back in, back the, in the bloodline, in the bloodline, and Heyman's like, you're back only if Roman says you're back. Right. Uh, that led to some stuff. Heyman goes and um, complains because AJ Styles said he's gonna. Uh, tear off Uso's head, you know. Yeah. But Heyman goes and complains to Adam Pierce about Styles putting his hands on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also urged Pierce to tell him who was going to be the superstar being traded from Raw. Pierce doesn't say anything. In comes LA Knight requesting yeah. a match next week against The Miz. Uh, Pierce agreed to his terms, and Heyman introduced himself to yeah. LA Knight, saying that he admired him. But to knock next time he heard Heyman's voice. And L.A. Knight got up in Heyman's face. Mm -hmm. So this was just kind of, it's setting up the future feud between Roman and L.A. Knight. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Which, I got to admit, like, I think it was on, I think it was on Rampage. Instead of the what chants, people are now chanting yeah. Yeah. So. Kind of cool if you ask me. Yeah. Of course, I'm a fan of LA Knight, so there you go. There you go. Um, But, yeah, there was a spot backstage with AJ. He got jumped. Then he comes up later. There's a another spot later where he comes up, and uh, the Good Brothers and Mia, uh, Michi and Mia Yim are in the back. And he basically calls them out for not coming and helping him. Mm-hmm. Um. And tells him that he doesn't want him by the ring uh, during his match tonight at all. They have the match. During the match, which was a, I thought it was a cool match, uh, Heyman and Solo are down at the ringside. But they're kind of on the ramp. Mm. They're not at the ring. Uh, There were a couple of spots where Jimmy gets AJ on the ropes, which would ordinarily be your... Then Jimmy gets backed off by the ref, and Solo interferes. Solo doesn't interfere. He just stands there. Yeah. And Jimmy tries the spot again, and, like, it's on the camera, and Jimmy, like, kind of nods at Solo and points at AJ. Solo doesn't move. He stands right where he is. Uh, And on the third attempt at this, he still doesn't do anything. But at that point, AJ's getting ready. AJ kicks the hell out of Jimmy outside and then kicks Solo as well. Throws Jimmy back in the ring. Hits the Phenomenal Forum for a 1-2-3. Then Solo hits the ring and AJ rolls out. I think he's going to run up the ramp. And Finn Balor and Priest come down and attack AJ from behind and throw him back in the ring. At which point he gets a Samoan spike and Jimmy and Solo kind of beat him up a bit. So, yeah. Um, for Rampage, we had Penta versus Jay Lethal, where Penta won. 
Um, Sheeta Sky Blue and Britt Baker fought Taya Valkyrie, the Bunny and Anna Jay, where, of course, your faces win. Uh, then the Young Bucks took on Ever Rise, our 2.0, our Daddy, Ma- uh, Daddy Magic, and uh, Cool Hand Ange, where uh, the Bucks win. And finally, we had Samoa Joe versus Jeff Hardy. Samoa Joe wins. That was Rampage. And then fi- and then last, and I'm not going to say least, but currently without their, their headliner, their main event man, one uh, chick magnet punk having been fired. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, we never have to utter the word colliders again. Uh, you know, I think we talked about it. Who would have uh, who would have thought that creating an entire show for the misfits and uh, bad tempers would have ever backfired? Huh. Anyway, John Moxley kicks off versus Action Andretti for the international title. Uh, Moxley wins. And then uh, next week, it was announced he's going to fight Big Bill. Uh, Brady, I believe, in our chat made the comment, uh, is is he just going to fight through the alphabet since he's fighting Big Bill? And we've determined that after that, he must fight Colt Cabana. Okay. That must be his next one. I was trying to think who who could be the C, you know. Colt Cabana. There we go. And then we need a D. Um... So have to think on that one. We're we're gonna have to figure out. And we'll have to through. figure. We'll have to figure all this out and write it down. <laughs> uh, we had Chris Statlander versus Robin Renegade for the TBS title. Statlander wins. Bullet Club Gold. So again, this is the Ass Boys and uh, Juice Robinson and Jay Lethal versus Aerostar, Inframundo, Metalik, and Gravity. So Bullet Club Gold wins. Uh, yeah, Bullet Club Gold absolutely won. Um, so, yeah, that uh, we had Ray Phoenix versus Angelico. We get to see Angelico in 2023. How about that? What? Uh, he lost. Of course he did. It's oh, Angelico. Darby versus Roderick Strong uh, was here. So, we're Roddy wins. There you go. So, yeah. Roderick is moving on. Then we had Pinta versus Samoa Joe. And Joe wins. That was it. That was collide. That was Joe's, Joe's gonna be the, the Joe's gonna move into the CM Punk spot. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that you're gonna see Joe leading this now. Um backstage word has been that, that Brian Danielson has been basically booking collision. I feel like Okay, so he's got he and he cuts a promo. Can't remember what he cut. I think he cut the promo on Collision. Mm-hmm. That he told his daughter that he would retire when she turned seven, and she is six. So he's got roughly a year left. Yeah, and I, then he'll be a special attraction. He'll be kinda. a special attraction type. I, I'm sure. I would love to see him. Tony just basically give him the book for collision and say, here you go. Give him the book for, for all of it. I mean, you could do that, but at least for collision. Yeah. Um, minus all of the negative vibes, like is a good way to put it, I guess around collision. Collision has been pretty decent. 
There's actual story there in some cases. Much better than Dynamite. The matches, I hate to say it this way, but the matches feel a little more sports entertainery mm-hmm. as opposed to professional wrestling. Which is what Danielson would book, right? having learned the booking portion of it so, from WWE. Like, Collision's not bad. I think Collision, CM Punk put a very dark shadow over Collision because, yes, he was not a wrestler that you could just be, like, ambivalent about. You couldn't just be like, eh, it's CM Punk. I can take him or leave him. Yeah. After all of the the brawl out and everything from last year and all the stuff that's come out about him and all that, you were either, I've been a diehard CM Punk fan forever and I'm going to stay a diehard CM Punk fan and he can do no wrong. Or you are, he's cancer and he Mm -hmm. needs to go. I can, so when it comes to CM Punk, I, I can separate the man from his legacy. Because I, I can step back and say, you know, for those years in the early 2010s to the mid-2010s when he was in WWE, I was a fan of his. I really enjoyed his work. He put out some fantastic matches. Yeah, so here's what I'll say about that. His legacy was amazing. Mm-hmm. He no longer has a legacy as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Or rather, his legacy is now going to be completely overshadowed Yeah. by this last year of being a diva and being... Everything that he railed against in WWE. I remember reading something, and I don't remember who said it. It was something I saw online, one of the dirt sheets or on Reddit or something. And it was somebody talking about CM Punk and Triple H telling this person that CM Punk hates John Cena. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he knows that if he was in John Cena's position, he'd be doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And he... So... Cena didn't seem to turn the entire roster against him. Yeah. If you if you haven't, there's a, a WrestleTalk released a video, I think it was yesterday, on 10 people who warned us about CM Punk. And Ollie Davis did it. Now... Ollie is a self-professed CM Punk's number one fan. There is a video of the the live reaction at whatever pay-per-view it was where Punk made his return there in Chicago or yeah. Dynamite, whatever it was. And when the music hits, Ollie starts crying, like legit crying. He's watching it with Luke Owen and Pete Quinnell. Mm-hmm. And Luke and Peter just like, oh, my God, I never thought we'd see CM Punk in the ring again. And they're talking. Ollie's not saying a word, but tears are pouring down his face, right? So Ollie does this one of the 10 people that warned us about CM Punk. And all of the message, like Triple H is on the list. Uh, Cena's on the list. Um Moxley's on the list, and Moxley's is the one where Moxley cut the promo saying, if you want to see CM Punk, you better see him soon. He's yeah. not going to be around for long. Uh, fragile mind, fragile ego, fragile body. Yeah. Um, And then the final one, the number one person that warned us about CM Punk was CM Punk. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it, it was just, it was really cool, you know, watching this through. And it's like, yeah, all of these people were very blatant about punk is a problem. His ego is a problem. He thinks he is bigger than the company. Uh, somebody referred to him as the ultimate warrior <laughs> about buying his own, his own supply, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, him being on collision created this negative feeling on collision. Well, and, and it's not even that it created a negative feeling. Him being on collision meant that collision was never going to have Kenny Omega. It was never going to have Omega. It was never going to have, have the Bucks. The Bucks. Which the Bucks made a comment, or somebody close to the Bucks had said, because there was this rumor going around. So I, I even mentioned it here on yeah. on the show that one of the things that led to some frustration of CM Punk was that there was supposedly a scheduled meeting where the elite mm-hmm. and Punk were going to sit down and it was going to be mediated by Tony Khan. Well, that apparently was never a thing. Yeah, because the first and, rumors came out that it was canceled, that the Bucks yeah, had canceled it. That um, it had been canceled. But what's come out is the Bucks said, if he can go six months. Yeah. If he can go six months without an issue, mm-hmm. we, we will, will sit down. And Which is incredibly mature. Yeah, you know, the 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 always CM Punk fanboys out there talking about, well, why don't they just sit down? You know, that seems arbitrary to just put some kind of thing on it. You know, but my thing is, like, I'm looking at it from from this point of view of, okay, you got a coworker mm-hmm. that's constantly causing trouble, either directly or indirectly. This coworker is making life hell. Yeah. Do you really want to sit down and talk to him? Do you think that it there, there may be some good that comes out of it by saying, "Hey, you're being a giant douche." Fix your shit. Yeah, well, you're being a turd sandwich. I mean, exactly, right? So there's not going to be this, there's not going to be any resolution there. No. You know? So I, I'm on board with the Bucks on there. You know, look, if he can go six months without causing problems, maybe and that means he's mature. I don't even think that that's, like, six months is an incredibly short period yeah. of time. And, like, you know, let's look out, at it. See him punk. Brawl out was a year ago. Yeah. And he was gone for six months. Hurt. He was so, gone for nine months. He was gone for nine months hurt. Like, he so didn't come back until, year, like, June or July. Yeah, so out of a year, this man was gone nine months. So there were nine months that Punk was nowhere around. Mm-hmm. Nine months that he could have cooled down and been like, yeah, okay, Maybe I did act like a dick. Even if you don't think that you you acted like a dick, you've got to understand that apparently the company does. Apparently the company thinks I did. So and so it's the, it's the need... principal Skinner meme. <laughs> you know, no, it's not me that's wrong. It's society that's wrong. Yeah. You know, but apparently the company does. So maybe I should take a look at what I'm doing and change yeah. some things. And then you come back, and within three months you're gone. And it, you, you come back, everything's cool for a little while. Yeah. You start hearing some stories that he's become a locker room leader, he's matured, you know, all of this. And then the little pecks start happening. Yeah. The little things. We we hear that um, Dolph Ziggler's brother, I, I can't remember. Ryan his, Nimeth. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's the only reason I know him is because he's Dolph's brother. 
He's not allowed on collision. He's not allowed on collision. Christopher Daniels, the head of talent relations. Then then you hear that Christopher Daniels, who's the head of talent relations, isn't allowed on collision. And you start to wonder some things. And, like, don't get me wrong. Jungle Boy should be punished. He's he's suspended indefinitely. Yes. I think that is perfectly legit, perfectly reasonable. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I believe at some point, and I, I think this needs to happen some point this week, honestly, mm-hmm. it needs to have a time limit put on it. Yeah, but but here's the thing, right? A lot of the punk fanboys are shouting that he should have been fired, that he instigated it, and it's his fault he should be fired. This is the first time he's done anything. What happened to punk the first time he caused a problem? And I would argue a much bigger problem than Jungle Boy looking at the camera and going real glass crimey a river. Yeah, I would that say was all, that was all that he has done. Yeah, and that's easily, like, like we didn't even notice it yeah. until after the show when, they, when we saw people talking about it. Punk got on the media scrum, I'm old, I'm tired, I'm hurt, I work with children... And then went off on this rant about Colt Cabana and Hangman and all this kind of stuff. While you're, while his boss is sitting right there, so what Punk did was way worse than what Jungle Boy yeah. did. Punk got suspended that first time too, and, and, and so then, did the Elite. And, and then, well, he did that whole thing, walked to the back. Mm-hmm. Well, he called and, out and said, "Anybody that has a problem with me, come find me." The Young Bucks and Kenny went and found him, and he started throwing punches. Yeah, before they could even get words out, apparently. So, and... And all he got was a suspension. A steal... Bit Kenny Omega. Bites Kenny Omega, leaves bite marks. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go out and find footage of Kenny doing appearances in Japan... With, like, bruises with on his arm. bite bruises on his arm. Which A steal has and, been terminated by. Yeah, the, that... Well, he was released. Yeah, he was And there fired. are people out there, well, he has a perfect case for uh, for unlawful termination and, and all this kind of stuff. No, he doesn't. Ladies and gentlemen, Florida is a right-to-work right state. right-to-work state. Meaning that they can and fire you for any or no terms as even, long as they're not illegal. Even if he had a contract, I can guarantee you his contract is just like... All of the other wrestlers' contracts. At any point in time, AEW reserves the right to terminate this contract with no calls. Yeah. WWE does it. I'm sure AEW does it as well. You know, basically, uh, we pay you out the rest of your quote unquote salary and you're done. Goodbye, sir. So we said good day. You know, like it. They don't owe him anything. They owe him nothing. They owe him no. less than nothing. They, In fact, he was fired originally, and as part of getting Punk back, they re-extended an offer for him to come back, yeah. which I imagine had some heavy clauses in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no uh, way. There's no way that he came back like, under just a regular... As soon as Ace Steel heard the news that CM Punk has been terminated with calls, he should have been like, well, I guess I should start packing all my shit. You know, like, I don't blame him for picking up the phone and saying, I quit. Yeah. Because, you know, let's face it, I would ride that paycheck as long as they were going to sure. give it to me. But... All my um, stuff would be in my suitcases, though. Yeah. That's I'd, what I'm saying. I'd be ready to go. Yeah, and when, and when, the like, door, when the person knocked on the door and handed me the envelope, I'd just be like, yeah, 
It was a good week. That took longer than I expected. Right. You know. But now that Punk's gone, mm-hmm. maybe we can start to see some improvement. Well, the the night Punk was gone, the Young Bucks were on collision. Yeah. Right. I feel like, you know, we've joked about it, you know, as collision being the island of misfit toys. It's where all the people that had trouble were put. Um and we talked about how that's not the best way to do this, I don't think. You know, that's like taking a, a an ins- asylum full of inmates and going, all right, one of y'all is the warden now. Yeah. Y'all keep y'all keep touch with y'all, right? We're going to go over here. Just build a concrete wall around it. You know, that <laughs> kind of thing. So, I have a feeling we're going to start seeing well, oh, th- this unofficial roster split. I think it's done. Yeah. I don't think we see that anymore. Maybe we see a case by case basis. Well, I mean, know, I know we have certain, you know, people. You're going to have people that are going to come back and forth. I think uh, Alistair Black said that he wanted to just be on collision because it, the travel is well, travel, less extensive. Travel, but he also wants House of Black to be associated with collision. When you think yeah. of collision, you think of House of Black. Right. And that's, that's fair. I'm okay with that, right? Uh, yeah, that's fair. And um, he's obviously willing to work Dynamites because he's been on several. They showed up yep. on him. As their feud built with, um, I think it also gives him if he's working the the Saturday night show. I think it might give him more time with his wife. Well, WWE schedule, and at least this is how it used to be pre COVID. I don't know whether or not this is still true or not, but I know mm-hmm. WWE schedule used to be that Wednesday was everybody's off day. Yeah, everybody it, was off Wednesday. Everybody because, was off Wednesday, no matter how else their schedule. Yeah. Worked because Thursdays were Thursdays were house shows. Mm -hmm. Friday was SmackDown. Uh, Saturday was a house show. Sunday Sunday was travel. Well, Sunday would be a house show too. Be a house show. Monday was Raw. Tuesday was a house show. Nothing happened on Wednesdays. Yeah, it was their day off. It was you know they'd go home, they'd get a rest. I think Raw would get to like I think Raw had maybe Tuesday Wednesday off. Mm And, I and think SmackDown, Smackdown had like Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday. Thursday, something weird like that. I don't remember the exact, but I know Wednesday was their day off. And if that's still the case, now you have Alistair Black mm-hmm. working Wednesdays if he's working Dynamite right. on the one day that he's home, that he could be yep. home with his wife, yep. Zelina Vega. Yeah, so like I'm all for if he wants yeah. to say if if he wants to do it and they're cool with it, yeah, man, he can be just on collision. That's fine, yeah. and he yeah. can work some some Wednesdays from here or there. I'm yeah. sure he's be he'd Bits be willing to do that, you Absolutely. know. But he doesn't want that to be his life. That's yeah. fair. Speaking of Wednesdays, uh-huh. we had a very somber affair on Wednesday. Yeah, as uh, Wyndham Rotunda Bray Wyatt was laid to rest. Props to Tony Khan because he made it aware that any AEW wrestler that wanted to go that was welcome at the funeral. Yeah. Um, you know, let's right, right. <laughs> he Sky Blue wasn't going you know, to this this funeral. But for those wrestlers who knew Bray and would wel- would be welcome at his funeral, that they would be able to go. And not only would they be able to go, Tony made sure that there was a jet available to them to get them to the show following the funeral. So, Very big cool. props. Yeah, big Matt, props to Matt Tony. Hardy. Put that out. Yeah, Matt Hardy put that out. Big props to Tony Khan. We give Tony a hard time, rightfully so, I believe. We give Tony a hard time as a booker, yeah, and as a manager. Mm-hmm. 
As a person, I think Tony Khan is probably one of the better billionaires out there. And I know your thoughts on billionaires. So. Yeah, I personally think they should all be thrown in the bottom of the ocean. But, you know, hey. Um, well, we used to have a sub for that. Ooh, was that too soon? Oh. Was that too, ooh, that's too soon. I love it. <laughs> um, so I think it's really cool. You, you, There's been a lot of things come out about I mean, how Tony is as a person, right? You look at how Tony's so. treated a lot of his people and the things that he's done for him. Uh, was it Camarado or somebody a couple years ago? No, it was uh, 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 Caesar Batoni. Okay, or yeah, Batoni. I think is his last name. Yeah, that who had his sister his in law sister in Brazil or sister in law in Brazil. You know, was very ill, and not able to get the treatment she needed in Brazil. Tony put his legal team on it to get yes. her a visa to get her into the United yeah, States she, so that she could get treatment. Yeah, because like. The visa, it was the visa situation, like, the it was so backed up, and, you know, it was going to take months that she didn't have. Yeah. And, like, the entire legal team of the Jacksonville Jaguars, AEW, you know, collapsed on Brazil, and were like, somehow they were able to get a, a visa for her to come up and get treated, and she's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been a ton of times that he has giving people time off that when you look at it, go, yeah, that's what a, a decent person would do, which generally means that it's not what a billionaire owner of a company would do. Yeah. Um, you know, it gives them time off, gives them what they need, you know, helps them with what needs to be done type situations. Um, that's cool to me, right? He, he rightly deserves all the, the crap we give him about his booking. Absolutely. I 100% yeah. stand by everything I've said about his booking and over the last six months or so, his management. Yeah, how he's handled Punk specifically, but a couple of other incidents that have happened, right? Mm-hmm. He 100% deserves the, the grief that he gets over that. But as a person, he seems like a really genuine dude. Yeah. So, really? Is there anything else? Uh, I don't think I can't so. Think of any, There's not really uh, much. Grimly, I can't think of any wrestlers that died this week. So, I don't, I well, don't you think. Know, that's good, because we've had quite a few. Um, oh, I said something about Matt Riddle. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Matt Riddle made a post uh, claiming that he was sexually assaulted by a officer at um, JFK. Huh. He quickly deleted it. Yeah. Huh. But that is a thing that has happened. So, I, you know, that's a little weird for that to come. That is odd. Like, um, I mean, if it happened, you know, most people know my stance on, on that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. But... If it happened, then I hope the resolution comes out, you know. Yeah. The officer gets fired, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and, and like. But I, I really want to know, and, and I don't want to sound like a hypocrite, right? Because it feels like a lot of times when, like, a female wrestler or a female actress or a female actress, a female actor, um, or just a, a woman in general comes out and says they were sexually assaulted, I want to believe them. But mm-hmm. When a guy says it, sometimes it's like, mm, did you, you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't want it to feel like I'm being hypocritical here. Yeah. 
But if it was an officer at an airport and he was sexually assaulted, did the officer get a little too handsy on the pat down? Yeah, like I, we, like that's what I'm feeling. That probably is, and if that's the case, then that officer absolutely needs to be arrested, needs to be fired, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There, there's a whole other conversation that we need to have in this country about the TSA and how it does things. Right. This like, is not the forum for that conversation. No. But yeah, like I want to know what actually happened here because. You know, like I said, you know, I, I'm, I tentatively believe anybody when they make a claim of assault like that. Yeah, he said, Matt tentatively. Riddle, Matt Riddle <laughs> says they went out of their way to make me feel small and useless. And, I mean, if that's the case, then this person definitely needs to be held accountable. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Um, and you know what? The way I feel about security guards, cops, sorry, Jay, um, <laughs> things of that nature, Um I'm willing to believe Riddle on this situation that they yeah. did something like that. Now, that said, I still want to know what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, when, whenever, again, whenever a, a, a women's wrestler makes comments about sexual assault, any of that kind of stuff, I, I want to believe what they said. And most of the time, unfortunately, it comes out that what they said was true. And insert wrestler here is a piece of garbage. Uh, I mean, we can give you a list. Just you know, Joey Ryan, Marty Skrull, Austin Theory, uh, uh, Patrick Clark. I mean, we can go on. I don't wanna. Yeah, I, I don't either. Uh, but but you know, look, I'm not trying to start anything. Not even trying to make a political statement with this. But we want to know more of what happened. You you can't quite make that claim and not follow up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something we're going to be watching to see what happened. Again, I am going to go into this believing Matt Riddle, mm-hmm. but I also understand that this is a man who has a very large ego and has a drug issue. And yeah. could he be, you know, transferring? So, I don't know. I, we'll either find out more about it or it'll be completely swept under the rug because it was a stupid part on his part and he thought something that didn't happen or, or whatnot. But uh, On less odd, weird news, uncomfortable news, um, well, depends, the uh, merger between WWE and Endeavor yep. and UFC Tuesday, I believe, right? Uh, will be September 12th, I believe, yeah, was the date. So they're expecting it to close on Tuesday. We're going to see what happens with this. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we don't see a whole bunch of crossover between UFC and WWE. It would be okay to see every once in a while. Like, say, if you're having two trained mixed martial artists have a mixed martial arts rules match yeah, on a pay-per-view. That would be um, awesome. You know, um, you could totally, <laughs> you could totally do something like that. I wonder if WWE's ever thought of it. <laughs> huh? Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll see what, what happens now that this merger is going to take place at this point. I don't see anything stopping it 
any lawsuits that would have put a yeah, stop to it any. are going to have been filed or placed at this point. I would think so. Um, or and stays would have. I mean, been, we're talking two days. Yeah, uh, you know, stays would have been announced by now. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna see what happens. Yep. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Hooray. With all of that said, <laughs> we'd like to say thank you to McNarb Gaming here in Gautier, Mississippi for allowing us to use this space. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you, Greg. Uh, this is, uh, we've been using this now for what, four years? Just about, yeah. You know, so it's been great. We appreciate them letting us use this space. Yeah, and to not, uh, only, not only let us record and our friends, Travelers on the Omnibus record here mm-hmm. as well, but also to be able to have a place to, to be able to hang out a bit. Yeah, hang out, watch uh, watch wrestling, play board games, because that's what they're all about here yeah. at McGarb Gaming. Is they're all about the board games, they're all about the uh, the card games, and they have all of that available for you over at McNarb Gaming in Goshen, Mississippi. Do you like Magic the Gathering? They have Magic cards. Do you like Pokemon? They have Pokemon cards. Do you want to play Lorcana? They can't help you, but if you want to come up here and play, they'll be happy to give you a spot to do so. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help that. Uh, but yeah, come well, check them out. Look, all I'm saying about Lorcana is if we were on a Patreon and getting money, uh, I'd be embezzling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Uh, Got to double check the accounts for our non-existent Patreon. Right. <laughs> all right, guys, check out McNarb Gaming. Any games that you like, board games, tabletop gaming, RPGs, any of that. They have it here for you. If not, they can probably order it and get it in for you. If there's something that you've been wanting to know how to play, you know, if D&D has piqued your interest, you're playing Baldur's Gate 3, and you're like, you know, I actually want to sit down at a table and play this for real. There's somebody here. They play it every Wednesday night. There's usually somebody up here every night playing it. Somebody's going to let you sit down and play a game with you. And and while you're in town, swing by Big Dog Liquor. You know, they've got all of your liquory needs. So vodkas, rums, whiskeys, uh, conveniently enough, whiskeys. Um, Wines upon wines upon wines. Lines of wines, right? Lots and lots of wines. Um, Each month they do a wine sale on a different brand. So if Yellowtail's your jam and this month is Yellowtail sale season, you know, pick up a case. Pick up more than one case if you want to. Not only do you do get those discounts but hey if you order cases a lot of times they'll do a discount on those if you're military or you're a senior citizen you'll get discounts there those stack on wednesdays which is really cool so if you're a, an elderly veteran that has to have your thunderbird may go down there on wednesday and stock up there you go uh, holiday seasons are coming liquor yeah. makes amazing gifts for uh dirty santas uh, family members, or hey, it makes a great gift for yourself as you have to deal with your family. Yeah, great, so, great gift for coworkers if they drink. Yeah, judge your, your judge your own business on, on your, whether that's appropriate on your or not. Department, <laughs> um, you know. So, but yeah, uh, so stop by there and grab something to drink. And hey, now that you've got something to drink, you've been to McNarb Gaming and, and picked up a cool game of some sort. Yeah, give a listen to our friends at Travelers on the Omnibus. We've dropped their name a couple hey, times. You mentioned them earlier. I did. Yeah. So that's uh, James Jody. Brady and Ethan, uh, they talk about everything 
Uh, a field trip through nerd and pop culture, they I are, believe, is their tagline. They are a field trip through nerd and pop culture. You know, the last few episodes, they've been playing City of Mist, uh, an R- a tabletop RPG. Mm-hmm. But they've done shows on top horror villains. They've done shows on music that they want everybody to listen to. Of course, they've done board games and different genres of gaming. So give them a listen, because the show is really entertaining. It is. Uh, it for is. Your, for your commute. And one of the travelers, Mr. Jody, has a podcast of his own called Fearology, available on Spotify, and it is his relationship with with the horror genre and how that has affected his life. He does deep dives into films and books, and occasionally he even releases some experimental music type stuff. Yeah. It's all really cool. Go ahead. Give Jody a listen on Fearology. Yeah, and finally, silence your cell phones. Uh, Kevin and Jarrett do uh, mostly modern movies and TV shows, but they, they do dip into the vault from time to time. Covering, you know, about the movie, what's going on, what's their review of it. They can be found on spot, on uh, podcasting platforms. They also do a YouTube show. Yep. So if, if visual medium, for some reason, is your preferred way, to get your podcast, you can look at their ugly faces uh, while they talk about movies. With all of that being said, we're going to call it a week. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah. So Until then. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>